Welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions, where we bridge the gap between industries and discuss the secrets to rapid subscription growth. In today's podcast, I'll be interviewing Matthew Holman, co-founder and head of growth at QPilot, to discuss personalization, retention and conversion boosting in the physical product space. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Subscription Think Tank. Today we're joined by Matthew Holman, co-founder and head of growth at QPilot. Uh, Matthew spends time working with customers to grow their programs, create content and use that content to work with their potential customers. So we're really excited to get some interesting insights today. And uh, Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I'm excited to talk subscriptions with you. Brilliant. So uh, if we can kick things straight off, um, could you tell us a bit about your your background for anyone who might not have heard of you and your career sure. path and also how you got to your position today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's kind of a fun one, actually. Before subscriptions, um, I was working still in the e-commerce SaaS space, um, such, uh, the software as a service space, uh, doing logistics. Um, so I was creating content and uh, working with a company that was trying to solve logistic solutions related to printing labels, essentially, for e-commerce companies. So think like ShipStation, stuff like that, um, which is kind of a weird path to come at, but makes more sense understanding kind of what QPilot does a little bit more. And um, I, I was so I was working at this uh, other company for a while and kind of got tired of, um, you know, I got tired of feeling like I wasn't in as much control as I would like from uh, marketing and a kind of like, you know, basically all those things that we do at companies trying to decide what you're going to do, right? How you're going to allocate resources and make uh, decisions. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into the entrepreneurship space. And a friend of mine posted about somebody looking for a co-founder. And next thing you know, I was introduced to David and and like, like many, I think it's a fun metaphor, much like dating. We uh, (laughs) had quite a few phone calls. I'm in Utah. He's in Denver in the US. And so you know, we met in person and got to know each other really well and and what the and talk more about the space and the opportunity. And the reason why my logistics background was really, really relevant to David, the founder of QPilot, was because QPilot is a subscription software that's built a little bit differently. Most are built like billing platforms, and QPilot is an operations platform. So we do a lot to unlock things around how shipments are handled, how they change. Um, so logistics is a big part of that. So my background is pretty relevant. And that was a mm. long, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. And uh, if you could, well, this might be hard, but if you could sum it up, <laughs> can you give sure. a kind of brief overview of your expertise and where you feel that that sits specifically? Yeah. So, you know, marketing is a pretty broad uh, title and that's a lot of what I do, but um, really what my specific responsibilities are is understanding what's driving real growth for our company. And since our company make part of the way we make money is off of usage, that's the more our customers drive subscriptions, we make more money. So understanding what actually makes that happen and what actually makes that work in a sustainable way that's a lot of what my job is. And so we do researching our own customers, researching outside of our platform. And then I create a lot of content analysis. I have a weekly newsletter related to physical goods subscriptions. So I spend a lot of time thinking about how to make subscriptions work, not just for our customers, but um, for the content we put out there as well. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's brilliant because um, I think that's an area we can definitely um, learn from uh, and 
I think e-commerce e in general and um, and kind of physical products seems to be slightly ahead of the curve with a lot of that stuff and, and seem to try a lot of things first. Um, so it's great right. to have someone with that experience. Um, all sounds very interesting. And uh, I wonder if we can dive in now a bit more into that expertise. Sure. Um, Absolutely. So one of the things we're seeing now is, is a big push towards data collection in the publishing industry. Um, people are, are trying to grab first party data from their customers. Uh, I'm just intrigued, I guess, firstly, to hear if you're seeing this push for first party data as well. Uh, and also what data you would recommend subscription businesses collect from their customers and, and why they should collect that data. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing a very similar thing. Um, I think what where it goes even one step further is so you definitely want to have more information related to the actual subscriber, right? So you know who they are, where they are. But I think a really important thing comes down to what are the expectations that this person has for the subscription. So and what I mean by that is in, in the physical goods space, you know, people are say you're signing up for a protein powder subscription because I'm trying to put on five pounds or 10 pounds of muscle, right? Uh, I'm subscribing to CBD because I'm trying to get um, a better night's sleep, right? So mm. um, same thing with digital goods subscriptions. Like I, I'm signing up for something because I'm trying to learn more about this. I'm trying to stay on top of industry trends. So getting more qualitative data around the reasons why people are subscribing is becoming more and more important. And, and this is why is oftentimes in our subscription processes, the other really common data point that everybody worries about is the, a, a churn reason, right? Why did somebody cancel? And so getting into that reason why somebody has decided to end their subscription is always an important data point. But the problem is, is that if those things aren't done together, we are often missing kind of the point on, on a huge opportunity. If I know that somebody's signing up because they want to um, stay on top of industry trends, for example, in a specific newsletter, and they decide to cancel that subscription. If I don't, if all they say is it's just not relevant to, to me anymore, does that mean it's not relevant because they changed jobs? Does that mean it's not relevant mm. because you're no longer providing good value, right? Like those are two okay. very, very different things, right? If somebody's changed their job, that's fine you're going to lose people like that all the time. But if you're missing an opportunity because they no longer see value, that's where the opportunity is in subscription programs is that kind of data. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty interesting stance. I think that's definitely makes sense. Um, and it seems like it's going to be an interesting time as, as we, as industries gather more of that data and have more understanding. Um, right. I think kind of related to that really, um, I'm hoping to steal some gold from you or get some tips from sure. you around um, specifically around conversions. So uh, you kind of mentioned the, the kind of long journey and how it all links together um, in some of the stuff you've been talking about. But how do you improve the conversions at each stage of the subscriber journey? It's it's interesting. I think one of the things that the D2C space does, the, the physical good subscriptions do really, really well is they're regularly testing offers. And, and what I mean by that is it's not, you can start with price and discount. Those are the two initial primary levers that any brand can be testing with, right? Um, and one of the fun things is, is oftentimes uh, going lower in price is not, might, you might get initial conversions go up, but your churn numbers go up as well. So sometimes actually increasing price 
can have an interesting effect because people start, you start to get people that see the value more clearly up front. The, the other thing is testing re- the value related, like the, the offer is the value, like what other options or specials are they getting? So if we're talking about, um, you know, a, a CBD subscription, am I getting access to um, exclusive learning or exclusive information? I, what's interesting about our conversation is I often recommend pairing like digital goods with physical subscriptions because it's something that's easier to scale and it adds more value, right? So like a training mm. plan, for example, if I'm getting that protein powder, maybe I'm, I'll be open to, I'll, I, I want the training plan or I want access to a community of other people like me that are doing some of those things. So, so step one of testing within subscriptions is always about the offer. Can I boost conversions by offering a better discount by changing the, um, the user testimonials that are on that, uh, the, that initial sales page so that people understand better. And I think also collecting the data around, as I mentioned before, around why people are subscribing, it gives you information. It gives you copy you can use to try to convince more people that that's the good reason why you'd want to subscribe. For example, I want to stay on top of industry yeah. trends, right? You you could build a better offer related to explaining why you get on top of industry trends. And then from there, you continue to try to emphasize the reasons why people subscribe and the value they're seeing is as a regular cadence. So if you're sending communications related to subscription renewals, um, emphasizing the value people are getting from that, what, what other people in that subscription are seeing. And then at the Ultimately, at the cancellation stage, you have the opportunity to make offers there as well. Um, so you should be de- definitely testing there to see if you can get people to stay that maybe they're on the fence. Um, a good example of that within, um, and, and this kind of dovetails maybe into more of what we would talk about, but this this idea of like the relationship between um, that initial conversion and churn, right? So if we can understand more about why people are canceling we can go back and improve the initial conversion process. So what I mean by this is in physical good subscriptions, the most common reason anybody ever cancels is because they have too much product. It's pretty much widespread across the industry. But the reasons why people have so much product is different for every brand. Um, so a pet food brand mm, that we work, okay. yeah, a pet food brand that we work with Um they had this problem. Uh, I Heart Dogs, um, it's a great brand. They were running, they were running a subscription program for a while and collecting this data. And they found out, you know, people were the number one churn reason people had too much pet food. The why though was because they didn't know how much to order. Dogs come in ah, different sizes. Okay. Dogs come in different sizes. So what I Heart Dogs did is they went back to the initial product page and they improved it and they made it so that if you go to their site now, you can see this. Uh, iheartdogs.com is there's a different little option for a different size dog. And depending on what option you pick, it recommends a different amount of product on a different frequency for a subscription. Yeah. Okay. Right. And now doing that boosted their initial conversions by about like 35% and their retention wow. went up 40% as well. So that wow, okay. that's this, this marrying this data of the subscriber journey. It's why it's so important. You can't do any one thing. You can go through and do them one at a time, but you have to take that data that you're getting to understanding your subscribers better and better, and then going back and kind of treating it like a loop that you're going through and improving it, improving it, improving it. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty interesting example. Um, Wouldn't have thought, you know, that's the cause, but I guess you don't know until, until you get to that, the churn reason and really analyze it. An idea around a digital one. So taking like a digital subscription as a good example, say a newsletter, The, the idea is say as a, as a, 
your number one churn reason is, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm not reading it. So hmm. you can get into that. Well, why are people too busy? Is it because of time management? Is it because of when it's hitting their inbox, right? Are, are there opportunities around delivery that you could be doing differently, right? Instead of sending it on a Monday morning, maybe a Thursday afternoon is the best time to be sending it to your subscribers because that's when more of them will have time to open it and consume it right at that point, right? Maybe you've been mm-hmm. doing a, a printed um, a printed subscription and maybe YouTube's the way to go because people can listen to that while they're working out. So just thinking about there's so many ways as you just start to uncover why somebody might not be getting the value that they're seeing out of that, you start to dig into that and, and find opportunities of how you can change things so that you can deliver the value that your customers are expecting yeah yeah okay i definitely see what you're saying there and it sounds like um i i think uh read somewhere about um it was a quote about like retention starts from the first moment someone becomes a subscriber um and it definitely sounds like that's that's what you're saying there is the you learn about your audience from when they churn and and you learn the reasons, but then you can implement that for retention from the from the first moment, right. uh, even from the sign up page, as you were saying with that example. Yep. So that's really quite interesting. Um, well, off the back of that, um, there's there's also a lot of talk, I think, just in subscription businesses in general as well, about having consistent experiences for their users. Um, so not only does it make sense and they get value from the product, but also they have consistency throughout the devices or however they see the product. Um, why would you say consistency is important and, and cross-device experiences? Why would you say that matters? I think it's the most important thing to help retention. So the idea is you don't want mm. somebody to be surprised or feel like they're in a different I mean, I, I like to joke around about gym subscriptions because sometimes they're viewed very negatively, right? The idea is when you walk in, everybody's really, really happy. They want you to sign up. But when it comes time to cancel, it's a it's a grueling affair. <laughs> and so the, the idea is if you're trying to create this feeling or this sense within your brand of like, hey, we're just great. We like everybody. We work with everybody. We make it really easy. Well, it better be easy to access it better be easy mm. to manage and it better be easy to cancel. Yeah. And I, because if, if you're not like, I've, I've seen other subscription programs that do make it hard to cancel, but they're also like bigger commitments, like, um, like say a six month or a year subscription. So, you know, that you're getting into a big thing. It's not like okay. it's a, it's not like it's a con- So I'm not saying everybody has to make it just super simple to cancel. It's, it's about making a consistent brand experience. So the idea is if I log in on my, my mobile device, to manage my subscription or to access my subscription, that should be similar to how it would be on desktop, right? It should be similar to how uh, your initial ad that got somebody there, the landing page, any no- text or email notifications people are getting. It's it's this idea of like, because I, I think it's not just consistency so that the customer feels like they don't get confused, but it's more about, these are all touch points and opportunities to engage with your subscribers. So if you're missing out on opportunity yeah. to remind somebody why they subscribed, like you're setting somebody up to churn, right? Again, with the newsletter example, if it's an industry trend that I'm paying for to get all this elite information, then 
and I'm my, as marketers, we're not including copy related to emphasizing that value with at every touch point, you're, you're losing an opportunity to remind people about the value they're getting from their subscription. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a real key point there, which is like, it is the value and every opportunity is value. Um, so that's really quite powerful stuff. Absolutely. Um, now I know, Obviously, there's a few differences with industries here, um, and you have you know main experience with physical subscription businesses and e-commerce and stuff. Uh, are there any specific learnings that you could take from your experience and then maybe apply to our listeners here in digital publishing? Absolutely, absolutely. So I think one of the the, the growing trends that are really really powerful as an opportunity is the idea of community. So. We're seeing physical goods communities popping up all over. The same thing as marketing. Um, there's, they're, they're just happening all over the place. The idea is if people are coming to you for a common reason or a common solution that you're offering them, giving them an opportunity to also talk to other people with a similar problem or seeking a similar solution is a great opportunity for your business. So within physical goods, think about it like, again, say I'm, I'm on a weight loss, I'm, I'm I subscribe to a product for weight loss and there's a Facebook group for other people that are doing the same thing. Well, now I get to go into a Facebook group and I get to see posts that uh, are about other people and how they've made the subscription work. What are some problems they've run into? Um, you know, you can get it, make it even technical from like, Hey, where do I go to manage this or cancel this or postpone this? Um, so that you, it helps your customer support desk. Um, but it's also a great place for people to reinforce the beauty of your product and the, and the, and the offer that you're, or the value that you're offering to subscribers. So I think, um, harboring, like developing that community sense and feeling, it's also a great information gathering source because it's also a place now where people are going to be telling you about things that they need or that they want or, or answers to questions. And, and it gives you a great opportunity to develop products and other things you can also then sell into that same community. So communities can be really, really beneficial. I, I'm making it sound really, really easy, which I know, but um, it's definitely something <laughs> worth looking at and investigating at. And if anybody wants, I, I, I like I have my own Slack community of like 500 marketers that, I, that I've been building. So I'm fairly familiar with how that works, but um, there's a lot that kind of goes mm -hmm. into that. Um, the other thing I would test is, is or I would say, especially around improving conversions is, is looking at testing offers. Um, a really common um, problem in, um, you know, e-commerce subscriptions is the cost to acquire a customer, right? So we're thinking about if my product's 50 bucks and I'm paying $50 in ad costs to get somebody there, um, right? I'm breaking even or, or I'm maybe losing money on that initial order. And then I start to make money on the second and the third order. It's a very, very common problem. So but, but the idea is if you can start to test offers that get you customers in the door that you can segment to see how long they last. So if I offer a discount that I normally wouldn't be comfortable offering and I get customers in the door, and yes, that means I maybe I churn some more initially, but I still get a core group of people that are willing to stick around for several years. And we've had customers that do mm. this. It's almost seems counterintuitive. You're going to give away more, but you can get, you can start to add new segments of customers that maybe wouldn't have tried your product before. And that can be really, really valuable. So I would say testing the offer and coming up with small ways that are affordable for your business to add more value, whether that's a, a free call with somebody from your team or, um, you know, thinking about other ways to improve the value of that subscription in that offer page 
is, is how I, I would be testing that a lot and then tracking to see how that affects my retention metrics over time. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of boils down to good community um, and using that for like brand advocates, but also as a, as a source of data and feedback. Right. Um, would you say uh, like AB testing and, and kind of rapid, rapid testing of, of small tweaks as well from the sounds of it? Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, the value. So bringing the value and seeing new ways that you can bring more value each time. Right. That's great stuff. I mean, that's really good tips. I hope I've done that justice. So no, definitely, definitely have. Definitely. <laughs> um, and then this one, this might be hard to condense, I guess, into an answer, but let's give it a go. So from everything you've discovered in your career, um, and we've touched on some of this, but what would you describe as a robust um, strategy for a subscription in a, in a general sense, like what works and what doesn't work? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what we see doesn't work a lot is this price discounting race to the bottom kind of thing. Um, you mm. start getting into this trap of when people are just comparing your product on price. Um, ultimately, those yeah. customers will leave. They're not good customers for your brand. So I think the mm. best subscription strategy involves, you know, we talked about data collection initially. It requires data collection, but it's but it has to have a qualitative component in addition to the quantitative, right? So if I run an A-B test, yes, I want to know how many people bought or not. But I would love to know why people bought from that offer compared to why people bought six months ago, right? Like I would love to be staying on top of the reasons why people are buying because as brands and, and companies, we often have very, very strong assumptions related to what our customers are getting from us. And it, and, and it seems so silly, but it's like, you know, an example we see in the physical goods subscription space is I sell a bottle of 30 pills. You take a pill a day. It's pretty simple. That means you, you get a bottle a month, right? But, but people don't think that way when we're buying. We're, we're not doing, they don't often do that math. And so there's often a disconnect mm. between what brands think of the value they're delivering and what customers actually see as the value they're delivering. So I think a really robust right. subscription strategy does involve some testing. It does involve some data collection from a quantitative standpoint. You want to know your actual conversion and churn metrics. But it does also pair that with qualitative reasoning. And again, if that means that you have your customer support team spend some time following up with people that have canceled to find out why, or even people before they've canceled to find out how the subscription is going, if is there more that they could get from it, more that they expect from it, that's the other really key term is expectation. Because as, as human beings, we expect something to happen and when it doesn't align, and whether that's fair or not, the expectations are fair or not. <laughs> when they don't line up, there's a problem. And so if you can start mm -hmm. to uncover those unmet expectations, you can change copy on your landing page, right? You can change the value that you're giving. You could actually even change your product. So that's where I think a really robust is you, you look for places to engage and you look for places to learn more from what your customers are getting from the subscription. Yeah. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right. Well, um, we are wrapping up here, but if I may, let me just ask, Two more questions. Sure. Um, firstly, this one is is kind of more around uh, customized experiences, I guess. So we've been talking more about, you know, giving users value and meeting their expectations and stuff. And there's a push for 
personalizing experiences um, across subscription businesses. Uh, why do you think that personalization is so important today? Um, and why has it garnered so much attention um, kind of in recent years? It definitely seems like it's really picked up. So, yeah, we know personalization is a big deal. Um, but why do you think that is? I think it's just because it makes the experience so much more like meaningful for the for the end user. So take take digital publishing, like, for, for example, um, say ESPN, right? So I have an ESPN plus subscription, which gives me access to uh, some more uh, specific content. But the other thing that ESPN does from a personalization standpoint is based off of teams that I like, they show me stories related to those teams. So ESPN mm. as part of their onboarding process asks you what teams you like, what sports you like. So I don't see a ton of hockey news necessarily, but I see a ton of college basketball news in my feed. So it makes the app more meaningful to me because I don't have to go searching through for the articles that I have. Like I'm on there maybe once or twice a day for a few minutes. And so ESPN's yeah. opportunity to like show me enough that I'm going to keep coming back tomorrow is actually pretty mm -hmm. limited. So that's what I think makes the personalization part so important is that you have so few opportunities to engage with your customers. The more personalized you can make it, it becomes stickier. Um, and, and there's a lot of other experiences that are developing this way, right? Like within physical goods subscriptions, within like how you're engaging in your doctor's office or, or wherever you're going, people are trying to personalize more and more. And so there are expectations there as well uh, that we, we need to deliver. On. yeah yeah good points i think yeah definitely and uh finally this is a tough one to finish <laughs> but um can you give us a prediction about the future of subscription businesses as a whole yeah absolutely i think i think subscriptions are are pretty still in an exciting phase i i know that for the most part digital subscriptions are, are kind of riding the wave of, of say like your typical newspaper or magazine subscription. And there's physical good subscriptions. There's things like Netflix, Amazon. There's so many ways that these subscriptions are, 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 are developing and innovating. And I think it's still got a ways to go um, in, 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 mm -hmm. in how that works. And, and one of the, one of the ways that I see this happening is more control for the end user. But I, but what I think that means is it gives more, opportunity for a long-term engagement with a brand. And, and what I mean is it's going to become easier and easier to have a fully customized or personalized subscription. So it, within physical goods, that might mean something like, you know, I need pet food every seven weeks and you need pet food every eight weeks because my dog just eats a little bit more than yours does. Right. And so there's a little things like that. And I think that as those start to increase and become more personalized, as end users, we feel like we have a lot more control and that will then be kind of like building on the shoulders of this automation element where it's like, I could just get a text every so often as a check-in from the pet food brand. And I just click yes or no, if I'm good or not, or if I need something else, mm -hmm. I can reply and I can get what I need that way. And so, cause the idea is, I think the future is that there'll be less, there'll be less time spent shopping for the things that we use on a regular basis and more time spent shopping on um, nicer things or fun things or being spent on, you know, more fun personal experiences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So kind of a, a win-win really in that sense that it will make things a whole lot easier for the customer as well. 
Right. Um, well, it sounds pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show, Matthew. I mean, those have been some really great insights. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate having you on. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you.